Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. We've been gone for a while, but we're back, and we're back with a basketball recruiting podcast with my popular guest, Ben Roberts, my friend and colleague from the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Ben covers basketball, UK basketball recruiting for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We talked to Ben about the current state of affairs with basketball recruiting at UK under John Calipari. Coaches could go back on the road starting June 1st, first time since the pandemic started back in the spring of 2020. Uh, could also Schools can also now host official visits. Uh, Kentucky's had several players already on campus. We talked to Ben about uh, those players, you know, who's been here, that sort of thing. We also talked to him about UK's new assistants, the dynamics with Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman, how that's playing out early on. Of course, Orlando's back for his second go-around under John Calipari at Kentucky. We talked about all of that with Ben, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it with Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, well, welcome my friend and colleague Ben Robertson to the podcast. How's it going, Ben? Good, John. How are you doing? I am doing good. It's been a while since we talked to you. Want to get an update uh, on recruiting, especially uh, because it's definitely picking back up again. Uh, coaches can are back out on the road or can go back out on the road. Is that correct? Yeah, it's been. Uh, uh, well, I guess the the biggest change was uh, June first was the NCAA finally. Lifted its uh, dead period is what they call it to where, um, you know, since March of 2020, because of, of COVID, uh, players haven't been able to come visit campuses and college coaches haven't been able to go see players off campus. And that was finally lifted June 1st. And it's been an incredibly busy month for, for Kentucky hosting official visits. And then this past weekend, Kentucky wasn't as active as some other schools uh, just because they had so many so many top players on campus that they needed to pay attention to. But uh, this past weekend was the first time that college coaches could go back out and, and actually see players play in person. Uh, and this was with their high school teams. Um, next month, there's going to be three of those periods and they'll be with their travel team. So uh, th- that'll be, that'll be when it really, really picks up off campus, but it's, it's been busy enough as it is uh, with guys coming to Lexington. Yeah, and before uh, we want to talk about several topics, uh, but before we talk about the visits and so forth, let's talk about the the number one kind of topic here of late, and that's been uh, uh, Jalen Duran. Just talk. Can you talk a little bit about him and where? Just a little background on him and where he stands right now, and why is there so much buzz around him? Yeah, Jalen Duran's. He's been the best big man, I think, by pretty much every standard in, in high school basketball for a couple of years now, or, or at least the most intriguing prospect for a post player. And he's in, he's currently in the 2022 class. Um, but there's been buzz out there for months that, um, he, he, he was, uh, going to consider jumping to the 2021 class, which of course would put him out of high school, uh, this coming season. And for the longest time, I think it was kind of assumed that he was going to go pro, uh, whether that be the the G League's new route or perhaps the NBL that's based in uh, Australia that that LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton did a couple years ago um, has been successful for for uh, for future NBA players. And there was really not a whole lot of thought given to the fact that he might actually play college basketball. And then the past couple weeks. It's kind of it's kind of leaked out there publicly um, that that he is considering a jump to the 2021 class, and it's being talked about a lot more in recruiting circles that 
you know, as it stands right now, I think college basketball is actually now the favorite over uh, over him turning pro. Which, you know, for a player of his caliber, um, it would be a would be a huge deal because that that would mean you know it, it's it's almost a given. It seems like that he is going to reclassify. He is going to be in that twenty twenty one class. So if he plays college basketball. He'll be playing this season, and he's going to be a you know a complete game changer for for whichever team he ends up on this coming season. If if all that shakes out. And is Kentucky one of those teams that has a possibility of getting him? Yeah, uh, he, he actually released a, a list of 11 options, uh, you know, which isn't much of a list of finalists right. that's still an awful lot to sort through a few weeks ago. Um, and there were nine colleges and both the G League and the, and the NBL. So nine colleges, two pro options on that list. You know, in the over the past several months, um, as I said, I don't, think many people thought he'd actually play college ball but those who thought there was a chance thought it would be down to kentucky and michigan um now uh you know i was told immediately after kind of some of those reports started popping up uh, about reclassification and, and college being an option that kentucky miami and memphis and maybe to a lesser degree ucla uh are the top college options for him right now so you know, it sounds like, not coincidentally, he's he's got uh, plans to visit Kentucky, Miami, and Memphis. He actually just visited Miami over the weekend, but he's got plans uh, to visit Kentucky, Miami, and Memphis this month. And I'm told UCLA is also likely to get a visit, uh, you know, sometime this summer. So it's it's really it's it sounds like it's coming down to those schools. And even though he has an offer of seven figures from the G league. It sounds like, um, and could get that. I'm sure, uh, by going to Australia, it sounds like he's really serious about playing college basketball. And, and that seems to be the most likely option at this point. Do, do we know why he's serious about playing college basketball? I mean, is it a situation like, uh, you know, Calipari, when we asked Calipari about, uh, uh, about, you know, how UK or how colleges can recruit against the G league, he brought up Cade Cunningham, that Cade Cunningham went to Oklahoma State, uh, built up. People got to see him play where you don't really see the G League kids play. He's kind of a brand now. He's going to get more money, you know, down the road for endorsements because people actually know who he, you know, who he is. Is it that sort of thing for him or, or because he's reclassifying, he thinks college would be the better route or do we know? Yeah, I think just from asking around, I think it's exactly that. I, I think, um, you know, we're at a point where – uh uh, a player like him, a player of his caliber can maximize their earning potential by playing college basketball. Simple as that. I mean, you can, you can go to college. We saw it with Zion Williamson, I think is the best recent example, right. the brand that he built um, and, and the buzz that he got and, and just the, the exposure that he got from being at Duke, even though he was injured for part of that season, uh, being at Duke for that season, getting that, that ESPN pub, it seemed like every, every single night, every single day, every single right. morning, uh, he was all over the place and that, you know, your earning power once you get to the NBA is that much bigger. Um, and whereas these guys, obviously LaMelo Ball is kind of an outlier because he had, you know, Lonzo was in the NBA. He had, you know, LeVar was, was, was more known than a lot of, a lot of uh, amateur basketball players at that point. Um, but you know, they he, RJ Hampton's probably a better example. I, he didn't come into the NBA with, with that built-in fan base. These guys in the G League, the Jalen Greens and Jonathan Kamingas, they're going to be top five, top ten picks, but they're not going to have that built-in fan base that a Cade Cunningham, a Zion Williamson will have. 
And uh, Jalen Duran, I, I think the he and the people around him, they're, they're smart people, and they've been they've been thinking about this for years now. They they've known they're going to be in this type of situation where they can kind of pick what they want to pick. And I think they're seeing college basketball as uh, the the most lucrative path uh, the, uh, once it's all said and done. Okay, let's. You say that Duran, he if he. Uh, looks like he's going to visit UK at some point. Uh, what about Kentucky's official visits? Who, who do we know has already come in, and who who is supposed to be coming in? Yeah, Sky Clark kind of kicked it off. Who's their first? Uh, well, their only commitment right now for this rising senior class. He came in um, early June, uh, and then over the past just well, really less than a week. Over the past three or four days, they've had. Shaden Sharp, Chris Livingston, and Derek Lively on campus. Um, today, I think, early this week, Keontae George, who, the, who was the number one shooting guard in the class, he's going to be on campus later this week. Brandon Miller, who's another top 10 recruit, is going to be on campus. And then Jalen is supposed to come either later this week or, or um, over the weekend sometime early next week. So, you know, add all that up, and since uh, June 1st, when that dead period got lifted, that's, if you're looking at the the uh, current rivals rankings, which is the most updated list for 2022. That's seven of the top 15 players in the country um, in this rising senior class who have been on Kentucky's campus in a matter of three weeks. And, you know, some other players in that top 15 are either committed elsewhere or, or we know we're pretty sure are going to go pro out of high school. So I mean, you're, you're talking a, a pretty heavy majority of players in that rising senior class on Kentucky's campus. And, you know, that, that really speaks to, you know, despite how bad this past season was for Kentucky, despite the the 15 month layoff of recruiting uh, due to COVID, uh, just kind of shows how how big their brand still is uh, among these these top uh, top recruits in high school basketball. And we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll get to the assistant coaches. Cal shaking up his staff uh, in a little bit, but I would say that's wonder. Um, I'll, I'll ask you a little bit about what kind of factor that's played in it. Okay, let's go back to the, these other guys are class of 20, 2022 guys. Let's go back to Durham for a second since he could be, if he reclassifies a 2021 guy. Let's say Kentucky does get him. How does he fit in with this team, with this roster? Is he a game-changer type guy? Yeah, he is. I mean, just uh, from a standpoint of uh, you know, you look at it on paper, and I think everybody says, "Well, they don't need anybody in the front court," and they, re- I mean, they really don't. They've got Oscar Sheboy, they've got Damian Collins coming in. Obviously, Keon, I think, is more suited to be a big three, uh, a four, at the college level. Uh, Jacob Top and Lanceware, Bryce Hopkins. You, you got a lot of really good players there, but I, you know, I don't know that there's going to be a, a, a big man in the country like Jalen Duran uh, next season if he plays college basketball. He's going to be um, very much in the discussion for the number one overall pick in, in the 22 NBA draft, no matter what he decides to do. And I, I know you're going to have some some veteran big men who are going to be, you know, real game changers for their teams. Uh, but the, the upside and, and the potential of a guy like Jalen and, 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 you know, it's not all potential. He's a guy who's going to come in and make a huge impact right away. Um, he can just kind of be that X factor uh, for a team. And, and for Kentucky, especially, uh, you know, Oscar hasn't played, um, you know, it, by the time, you know, he, he didn't play his, his second semester and was kind of, 
uh, didn't show at West Virginia in his second year what he had shown in his first year. Uh, so, and, and I think we're still a little unclear on, on exactly what kind of role he's going to play at Kentucky. Damian Collins, for as highly touted as, as he is, I mean, you've seen him in person. Now he's he's skinny. You know, he's he's uh, there's there's an, an ability I think to push him around in the post and for everything he can do. I, I think it's going to take him a little while to get acclimated. I, I don't see him as a as a 30 minute, a, a night can't miss guy right off the bat. Um, so, you know, there's certainly room for a guy like Duran to come in and, and play 25, 30 minutes a game and, and be that starting five and, and make a major impact at Kentucky, despite, you know, w- what they have uh, elsewhere in that front court. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about a couple of the guys that you mentioned uh, uh when you're talking about the visits, about people have already been here and people coming in, one of those guys is Shaden Sharp, uh, 6'4 shooting guard. Uh, he's currently playing in Arizona, but as you told me before we start recording, he's actually from Canada. Uh, what, what's the lowdown on, on Shaden Sharp? Yeah, Shaden is, uh, is a guy who, when Kentucky offered him last year, um, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise because – he wasn't that highly ranked, certainly wasn't as highly ranked as, as a normal Calipari target is, and, and definitely not as highly ranked as a, as a guy who gets an offer that early in the process from, from John Calipari. And, you know, it, it turns out, I mean, he came down from Canada. He went to Sunrise uh, Christian in Kansas his first year in the United States, which is a great, great uh, prep program. Um, natural, uh, a national contender uh, every season the past few years. But he was really, you know, I I think he was still trying to get acclimated to both living in the United States, playing a new style of basketball. Uh, He didn't play much. Um, And then he went to a a different school in Arizona and kind of emerged early last season as a as a big star. And Kentucky also had a connection uh, through Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, They Shaden and Shea have the same AAU program, kind of kind of have the same mentor um uh basketball wise and and he kind of put in a what once he knew Shaden's recruitment was going to blow up once he started to get some other offers he actually put in the, the call to Cal and said hey you know I've got this kid I think it'll be perfect for Kentucky you know let's talk about him why don't you take a look at him and, and Cal just went ahead and offered um based on that and uh, you know he his coach actually told me about a month ago or within the past month that they weren't looking to make any visits this summer that Kentucky had actually wanted him to visit with Sky Clark on that very first weekend, um, which kind of shows you how much Kentucky thinks about him, and that they weren't ready to do it. He didn't think they'd make any visits at all this summer. They were more focused on just kind of growing his game and, and working on the basketball end of it and figuring the, the recruiting part would come. But then he popped up on campus over over the weekend. I checked back in uh, this morning, and, and they said uh, the visit went great. Everything went well. Um, and yeah, we were kind of at a point where I think Kentucky was seen by a lot of people as the favorite anyway, uh, just due to that connection and due to uh, the people around Shaden really trusting Calipari and knowing kind of what the Kentucky environment was going to be like. I uh, thought that would be a good place for Shaden. So, I, you know, I, I – the fact that he showed up and the fact that everything went well, I think it's just uh, even more good news for, for Kentucky and that recruitment. And this is a kid who has gone from really unranked to, I think he's number 11 in the latest rivals.com rankings. He has even more room to grow, just a super athletic, uh, good size for a shooting guard. 
um, has really worked on his, his outside shot and, and can get to the basket uh, with the best of them in this class. So the, the, the type of guy that Calipari, that dynamic perimeter player, great scorer, athletic guy that the Cal's always on the lookout for. Um, I, I think he's found it in Shaden, and it sounds like Kentucky's in a great spot. And if you got somebody who's uh, recommended Shea Gilgus Alexander to you, and you took him, and look what he's turned into, yeah. If you if you get a call from that same guy and say, "Hey, I got another guy here who I think is pretty good," I think I'd offer him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it sounds like just from talking to talking to Shane's people, there's just a really there's a there's a great mutual trust there. Both that yes, Cal trusts the word of of the people in this program, and obviously. Um, the, the people in that program, the people around Shea, you know, it, it wasn't that, I mean, Shea was underranked, obviously, but mm-hmm. but he came in and put in the work and Cal right. put in the work in him and the UK coaching staff and they they fostered an environment where, where Shea could kind of blossom into the player that, that he's become. And, and I think that's one of those deals where, uh, you know, both sides uh, really like how it ended up and, and are eager to are eager to try it again, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, well, we'll we'll be back to talk about uh, Derek Lively and some other recruits and what else is going on. We'll talk also a little bit about uh, the the new staff, how Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman are doing. We'll be right back with Ben Roberts of the Lexington Era Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, Ben, we talked about uh, Shaden Sharp. Let's talk a little bit about Derek Lively, uh, another kid who uh, has he he was in, he's been in for the visit. Yeah, he was in. Uh, and he, he wrapped up his visit a couple days ago, um, he's and a, he's another one. Kind of, yeah, kind of following that same kind of trajectory as Shaden is. Is you know, he, he was ranked. He was ranked around the you know forty fifty range um, going into this past high school season. But the more uh, it seems like these recruiting analysts and, and scouts get a look at him, the more they like him, and and uh, and and. and the more he's improving on the court, he, he's a he's really a some lift from the seven one. He's a legit seven footer, moves well, handles the ball well, shoots well, just really good skills for his size, runs the floor well. Um I've talked to people who have compared him to Willie Colley Stein, uh, and maybe even a little taller, a little longer, a little more offensively um far along Willie Colley Stein and obviously that worked out pretty well for Kentucky that's, when Willie that's was another here. guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um you know and Derek's uh Derek's a guy who was obviously known in recruiting circles, well known in recruiting circles a year ago. Um but just in the past several weeks he's gotten offers from North Carolina, Duke, got an offer from Kentucky on his visit over the weekends and has plans to visit all three of those schools this month. And, uh, you know, a recruitment that was already one of those high major recruitments that was going to be closely watched is now turning into, you know, I don't think when you talk about blue bloods, I don't know that there's a bluer blood recruitment in the country right now than, than Derek's just because it, all three of those schools really, really want him bad. Um, and, uh, it sounds like one of those three is going to end up with them. So it's just a matter of who, and I, you know, of, of all the players that I mentioned that, that visited, uh, I would put Derek probably right there along with Shaden as the guys that, that I think Kentucky might have the best chance with it at this point to, to join Sky Clark and, and that 22 class. It'll be interesting if it breaks down to the, those are the three, because you've got Cal Perry, obviously been in Kentucky for a while, but you've got. 
new guys at Duke and Carolina. It'll be John Shire who'll be coaching him because this is Coach K's last year as he goes into retirement. And then you got Hubert Davis who takes over. This will be his first year for Carolina. So it'll be interesting from a recruiting standpoint when you got such heavyweights going against each other, kind of the new dynamics there. Yeah, yeah, both those schools, obviously, and especially Duke, just because, I mean, obviously Duke had a great basketball history. I mean, they 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 final fours and all that before Coach K got there. But, uh, you know, it, it's, I think Coach K and Duke are a lot more synonymous than, than a North Carolina or Roy Williams for as much, yeah. for as much, uh, you know, uh, success that he had there. And especially on the recruiting trail. I think a lot of people, both recruits, parents, uh, you know, the, the coaches that are always on these grassroots circuits and then the analysts, I, th- I think everybody is really eager to to see kind of what Duke recruiting looks like three, four years from now. Has has John Shire, you know, been able to kind of replicate that success and carry it over or, or is there a dip and is there, you know, because – they still have the brand. They still have the, right. that, that academic brand also goes a long way with, with a lot of these families. But at the same time, that Coach K USA basketball, exactly. Um, that's what has really been pushing it. And, and that's a lot of times when you talk to parents kind of on the sidelines and really get into why they're, they're going this route. It, it's Coach K and it's the right. success that he's had. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, from here with that. Right. No, I was going to say, yeah, the Team USA, uh, Coach K's uh, involvement there with the Olympic team. I mean, that's just another facet that goes along with the national championships and his reputation and so forth. And John Shire's got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> He's got yeah, a good brand, yeah. got a great foundation, but those are some awful big shoes to fill. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Okay, talking to, so okay, talking about coaches. Let's talk about Kentucky's coaches. Uh, you mentioned earlier about you know what did you say seven out of the top fifteen are either on campus or about to come on campus. Uh, to me, that sounds like a little better than they've been doing in the past. And we've talked about before had a little lull here the past few years where Kentucky was getting good prospects, really good prospects, but maybe not that John Wall or that Carl Anthony Towns, people like that, uh, Anthony Davis type. Uh, Cal, we had a staff shakeup. Orlando Antigua is back. Chin Coleman uh, is here as well. Both of those guys came in from Illinois. Of course, uh, Coach O had been here before. Uh, Coleman has a great reputation as a recruiter, especially in the Chicago area. How much uh, the fact that those two guys are now on the staff does that? How much does that play into getting seven of the top fifteen prospects on campus? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it all it it's all there, and I, I obviously Cal with this staff shakeup did it with a lot with recruiting in mind, and and um, you know, obviously the dynamics elsewhere with the transfer portal, and right. um, now with uh, name, image, and likeness. It seems like about to change in the next few days. There's some other stuff at play there, but I think Cal has seen in the, in the past five or six years and realized that if he's going to continue that model, he he can't you can't do it with necessarily the number twelve or fifteen player. You gotta you gotta get those Anthony Davises and the Carl Towns and the John Walls, the real real different difference makers right off the bat, and and then put some other really good players around them, both both uh, young guys and veterans. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's certainly, it's not a coincidence that, um, it's seven of the top 15 guys in the past month that have been on campus. These are the guys that are really going to target. And I think, 
you know, in this 2022 class, looking down at the list and even the guys who have already visited, I'm not real convinced that they're going to get, you know, one of those top five guys or maybe even one of the top 10 guys. But I do think, you know, when you're talking about the Sharps and the Livelies, those are guys who could end up very, you know, definitely end up in the top 10 at the end of the cycle. Um, but I think it's that next, that 2023 class, um, which I think is understandable. Yeah, you can't really, and it's a lot to it's a lot to ask anybody to come in and get any right. at any point in their tenure to get a top five, top ten recruit. But it's hard to ask this new staff and the new dynamic, and with all the changes to to come in right off the bat and land these guys. Um, in, a, in a lot of instances, coming in in the middle of recruitments and doing it. But when you look at that 2023 list, you got DJ Wagner right. at the very top. It sounds like he's not going anywhere um, with that number one ranking. Obviously. Uh, a ton has already been written about the ties between the Wagner family and the Calipari family. We're talking about uh, Milt's you, grandson, right? Yeah, Milt's grandson and Dewan's son. And Dewan right. um, obviously was was Cal's first big recruit at at Memphis, and uh, has you know obviously had um, the injury troubles early in the NBA, and still credits Calipari with you know if he didn't push me out the door basically at Memphis and tell me to go to the NBA. Uh, you know, his life could have been a lot, a lot different because um, right. he, he was able to get in there and, and earn some money and before, before his career ended. So they've got, they're going to have a really good shot with him. If he goes, if he plays college ball, which I think he might, it's going to be a Kentucky. Um, I, I think pretty much every, everyone is certain of. And then you look further down the list. I wrote about JJ Taylor this morning. Right. He's number four in the new rivals rankings. He's got ties to Chen, um, ties to Kentucky. He sounds like, again, another one of those can't-miss long perimeter guys that Calipari's always looking for. Uh, Mookie Cook is going to be playing for Ty Ty Washington's former high school. They obviously have a great relationship with Kentucky. He's the number three player in the new rankings. Uh, they just uh, they offered the number six guy in the new rankings, the California center. I mean, they're, it's, they're really laying the foundation in that 2023 class um, to – make a serious effort at getting one or two or three of those top 10, maybe even top five players. And I think when you combine, if they're able to do that, when you combine that with the guys that are going to be uh, multi-year guys in the program, I think that's when you really start to see this thing. If there's a, if there's a hope and I know every Kentucky fan hopes it, it will get back to those early Calipari era years. I think that's when you really start to see it um, start to happen. Yeah, uh, when we talked, to, we talked to Chen uh, the other night uh, at the Calipari's father-daughter camp. Uh, we got to talk to him for a little bit, and he said, "Somebody asked him about Chicago, and he said, I am Chicago. I am <laughs> Chicago recruiting.' And reading your story about JJ Taylor, that kind of came through in that story as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got extensive ties. I mean, not only it's you know some guys start recruiting an area and become well known and well liked in that area. I mean, Chen is Chicago. I mean, he's from Chicago. He grew up in Chicago, he grew up playing on the streets of Chicago. That's where he got his nickname as we've been over now. And, and, and he started, uh, we didn't start his coaching career, but he, he, he was a high school coach in Chicago. He was an AAU coach, um, actually with JJ Taylor's current program, one of the, one of the biggest, uh, Nike programs in the country. Um, and he's continued to recruit Chicago, uh, both early in his college career and, and obviously at, at Illinois, that, that was the, the place to recruit. So 
uh, once you combine all of that with, I mean, Calipari is no Chicago <laughs> recruiting slouch either, nor right. is Orlando Antigua. Um, that that is a lot of connections right there, and you know, just this whole dynamic. Um, it was really interesting to me talking to Jay Lucas at one of the earliest camps this month, which was a couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, I got, well, I didn't get the sense. Uh, it was it was not a secret that. Um, the, the previous coaching staff, while they had a ton of success, it seemed like in a lot of instances, there wasn't a ton of communication and there wasn't a, it was almost like, and I wrote about this, that certain players were Kenny Payne guys and certain mm-hmm. players were Joel justice guys or Tony Barbie guys. And, um, sometimes some, not, not, not everybody knew what the other one was doing and which makes it hard to recruit. And I think, that might also be part of the changes that Calipari had in mind to, to take a more centralized uh, team approach to it. And that's not to say that there wasn't a team approach before, because there, there was certainly a level of communication, but it just, I don't think it was then what is going to be now. And I think it certainly helps to have two guys with Chen and Orlando who have worked together for four years with a lot of success recruiting. And then, um, Jay, I specifically asked Jay how he kind of saw the, the recruiting dynamic going forward, and he just straight up said, I think there's going to be a lot more communication than, than there was in the past, and and uh, he's looking forward to working with those two guys, and, and I think there's going to be maybe more of a of a of a of a plan and a concerted effort to, to kind of build classes around certain guys, and, and instead of, you know, there's still going to be like Tim Coleman's still going to be on J.J. Taylor really hard, but I think everybody on staff is is going to have uh, a vested interest in in every in everybody they're recruiting, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, everybody's saying the right things right now. You know, once once it's unleashed, and you know, once once they start traveling more and and getting into these recruitments, maybe it's a little harder to do. But it's it, certainly everybody's saying the right things out loud at, at the moment. Yeah, no, no. And you, that's a good point about the fact that Orlando and, and Chin have worked together before, so it stands to reason. I mean, they've, they've got a history together that they would be, uh, you know, work together as a, as a team and so forth. So, uh, okay, uh, Ben, before I let you go, uh, I know you've been writing a ton of stuff here lately. Uh, you, What should uh, people be looking for? What should they go to Kentucky.com and next sketch and look for that you've been working on lately? Yeah, we've got the J.J. Taylor story up there right now, and then we'll have stories on um, I think Keontae George in the morning and, and Brandon Miller, another uh, another top 10 player who's going to visit Kentucky. We'll have something on him, I'm sure, uh, later in the week. And it's really uh, – what's interesting to me is this 2023 class is starting to get – now that coaches are out there in person and, and visits are allowed, <coughs> allowed again, um, you know, J.J. Taylor's the first – public offer but we've written about dj wagner too recently and i i think it's safe to assume he has an offer they just haven't been as public with the recruitment um as as most uh as most other players are but you know that 2023 class is definitely going to be one to start watching right now it's obviously got reed shepherd uh and not only reed shepherd but a ton of good players in kentucky that i think are going to play high major college basketball um, Caleb Lynn's another one out of Louisville that the Kentucky's coaches have already reached out to, but they're really, you know, I think a lot of attention rightfully so is being paid to the 2022 class because they're going to be seniors this coming season. And so many have been on campus, but, uh, I had a list late last week about the, 
the number of 2023 recruits that Kentucky's coaches have already reached out to. And that's where I think you see the real sign that, yeah, this thing might resemble a little bit more the, the, the past, those, those first few years uh, uh, of the Calipari era where it seemed like every top 10 player in the country had a chance to come to Kentucky. Um, and I think when name, image, and likeness uh, it's pushed through here in the next few days, I think that's only going to make it easier uh, for Kentucky to, to get some of these guys. Well, you can rest assured that Ben will be all over it, as he already has been and will be uh, as we go further into uh, 2022 and up to in 2023. Uh, we'll get Ben back on the podcast more during the summer. Ben, uh, tell uh, the, ones who, the few who don't already know how they can follow you on Twitter and uh, where they can check you out online. Yeah, it's uh, Ben Roberts HL on on Twitter, and obviously we'll put all our stories up there, and then uh, just Kentucky dot com, and and the Next Cats website will will have uh, not only all of our uh, most recent stories, but obviously we link to everybody else kind of around the state and around the country who are really writing anything about anybody that's being recruited by Kentucky or might be recruited by Kentucky. So that's that's updated daily, multiple times a day, and uh, always always something good. Uh, either from us or, or from others uh, to find there. Yeah, so be sure and check that out. Be sure and follow Ben on Twitter. He's a must-follow on Twitter. And as always, Ben, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Yep, thanks a lot, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com. Be sure and follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can send me an email to jclay at Herald leader.com you can subscribe uh, to this podcast you can find the podcast at Spotify Stitcher Apple Podcasts TuneIn Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio Podcasts leave us a rating and review that really helps get the word out uh, we're going to have plenty more we're going to ramp the podcast back up here in the off season uh, we'll have uh, Josh Moore about UK football we'll have more of Ben about recruiting and we'll have some other topics as well coming up on the podcast so be sure and check it out we thank everybody who listened to the podcast we thank everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Hero Leader go to the, our Kentucky.com page hit on that subscription tab check out all of our subscription offers to the digital uh, for a digital subscription to kentucky.com or the or a print subscription to the lexton arrow leader once again follow me on twitter at john clay iv follow ben uh, at on twitter at ben roberts hl and my thanks again to ben roberts and to everybody for listening and we'll be talking to you again soon